I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, and joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com, and man, he is just getting over it. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? All right, I've been battling this little cold, all right? And I texted, it. I know, I can't really breathe out of my nose, so we've tried starting this pod, and I've sniffed during the intro, and Nick has made us uh, restart it. Sometimes but, sometimes I'll accidentally leave in the beginning of every show, and this is like broadcast standard. They do, okay, ready? Three, two, and then they don't say one. You just start. You record on one, and then you – it's to tell the all the people on the set and everything to stop talking. So Isaac likes when I do that because then it will help him. So I go, yeah. all right, ready? Three, two. <laughs> Get this massive yeah. sniff from Isaac. <laughs> That's me. That's me right there. <laughs> So good. But uh, I texted Nick before the game started, and I said, "Heads up, I'm drinking some whiskey during the game, um, so this should be a good pot, depending on the outcome." But uh, yeah, this is like some home remedy my mom had told me back in Kentucky because we have Kentucky bourbon, all this stuff, and uh, I'm not a, a big drinker at all. But so anyway, we should had, do a Mavs had some whiskey. Yeah. We should do a Mavs like charity stream. Or something where, like, if we reach a certain amount of money, we'll we'll like play a drinking game during a game and then do a post game pod. It'd have to be a weekend like this. But if oh if, man, if the lockdown has listeners like raised enough money, then Luca hits a shot, you take a shot. Yeah, you come up with a certain. Yeah, you have to take a drink. You just come up with a, some certain criteria. Dwight Powell gets hit in the face. Drink. Tim, Tim Hardaway, Hardaway Jr. No, 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 no. Yes. <laughs> so many good things all right obviously on the podcast today post game pod we're talking about the mavericks 120 to 113 win over the flopping Suns. my god yeah i didn't know they were this bad i mean i just don't watch them that much but i've watched flop so much i've watched like four full games of the suns this year and i didn't think that they flopped that much i think they they go for charges a lot but this was this was a lot this is this was their strategy in the second half was, let me just run behind somebody that's about to receive a pass and just see if I can draw a charge. Yeah. I mean, Kelly Oubre fouled out. Uh, Rubio fouled out. Saric had four fouls. Baines, who only played 24 minutes, he had four fouls. I mean, they they had a – and they, they only had 29 as a team. It was just all their starters were getting a ton of fouls racked up. The Mavericks had 24 fouls. So it's not like it was super in one team's favor or another. The Mavericks, I think, went to the free throw line a little bit more. Um, Aaron Baines, yeah, a lot more. Lost so much, so much respect of this guy from this guy. He, I I just didn't know. I, I just had in my head the games I used to watch him play for Boston that he was like this tough dude, and now you're just a fake tough dude, and ooh, you flop ooh. all the time. It was so frustrating. He was just going above and beyond. There's a difference. Of, yeah, I just here that really frustrating. Here's the thing with Aaron Baines. Okay, first couple minutes. First couple minutes, Luca was just taking it to him. I tweeted out a play where Dwight was setting a screen, and we've been talking a lot about Dwight rolling. I think um, 
Doyle posted that Dwight Powell's in the 31st percentile as a roller this year, which is not good. Mm. You want to be in the, you know, the 90% of 75 at least. And mm. that's supposed to be his elite skill, but he's only in the 31% right now. And so he's not been good. But this play specifically, Dwight set a screen for Luka. He rolled to the basket, and then Aaron Baines had to try to decide if he was going to stick with, you know, Powell on the roll or if he was going to step up and try and stop Luka from driving. And Luka just has the stutter and just the hesitation that got Baines kind of frozen. And he did that to him without a screen several times at the beginning of the game. Uh, One of my notes says Baines can't figure out Luka's timing off of drives. Luka, the way that he kind of hesitates, the way that he, he releases the ball, Baines just couldn't figure it out. And so he had to change his strategy after that because he was just getting killed at the rim. In the first couple of minutes, I think Luca got three baskets. Uh, yeah, in the first quarter, Luca had five buckets in the paint in like the first, you know, ten minutes or so. And I think that that was, I think that was a big thing with Aaron Baines and why he changed his strategy to, you know, trying to draw charges instead. So he just realized, hey, I can't defend anyone, so I'm just going to be a flopper. Hey, I mean, I guess that's the only way you can roll at that point if we, you're going to suck so bad. We, <laughs> My God, I just—he just made me so mad in this game. I didn't know. I just lose respect for people who just go that far. Like a flop here and here and there, you get it. It's dumb, but he was going so far and embracing this role to where I mean, it was it was multiple times down the floor. That one Luca possession, it was twice in the same play. He fell down, got back up. Luca was falling down, and then flopped again, and then you're throwing a fit that you didn't get. Anyway, whatever. It's too much. It's too. It was just too much. It's too far. Yeah. You can flop it. I mean, Luca flops. Every like Maps got called for a couple of them tonight, but you just can't do it on every single play. It just doesn't become good basketball at this point. Yeah. Speaking of not becoming good basketball, the refs That's, in this oof. game. Woof. Uh, I came to a realization, Isaac. What <laughs> over the past you know three seasons, give or take, we haven't talked about the refs very much in this podcast. We usually don't try to mm-hmm. to get into it. We don't complain about them too much, and I realized. It's because the games didn't matter and the Mavs weren't really trying to win over the last couple of years. Because oh, now dang. we care about them more than ever. Okay. There is some truth to that. Games true. did matter <laughs> over the past few years, but not like I guess this. That's true. That's true. That's a very true statement. I haven't I still haven't been as mad at the refs since the Lakers game. And I, that's still the that's still the king game for me. But here's the thing, I wasn't mad technically at the Lakers players during that game. It was just the refs. This was a a, a rare combination of didn't like the refs, didn't like the opposing team. And I just hated all of it. I just wanted them to get the win, final buzzer, get the heck out of Phoenix, just Get this done with. See you. Like it was just there was too much extra crap in this game and whatever. The refs were part of it too, and I'm I'm done with the refs in this one. Yeah, and we're done with it. I don't. We're not going to complain about it too much more after that. There's just a lot of inconsistencies. I felt like it was on both sides. I felt like they were calling both sides, which couldn't figure out what was a charge, what was a flop. That Dwight Powell technical. Why did he get a technical what? foul called on him? When Rubio what was did sho- he do? When, Ru- when yeah. Rubio shoved him. It was it was the, the quintessential when you know you respond, you're the one that gets called for the, the foul or gets sent to the principal's office because you were the one that responded, yeah. not the guy that sent the initial blow. It was it was just I felt like that should have just been a non and and then they reviewed it for so long. <laughs> the reviews are ridiculous. I mean the Lakers Pelicans game the other night. I think the last five possessions had a review in it, and we're just sitting there going, "You guys are staring at these screens, and 
we're supposed to have this Secaucus, you know, referee center that is supposed to speed all this up, and they just sit there with that Beats headphones on. They, they have, the headphones for the refs are sponsored. There is a reason why those are yeah. sponsors, because they get enough airtime in these games. Maybe they have a quota. Maybe that's what it is. I just discovered it. Conspiracy yeah, theory. I'm it. putting my tinfoil hat on. There's a conspiracy theory. You have to do a certain amount of referee reviews in a game because the headphones are sponsored by Beats. I'm calling it. Yeah. That's what I'm calling. Beats has a deal that... Hey, you have to have at minimum four four reviews a game, or one a quarter. One a quarter, yeah, that's good. But the yeah, I don't know if <laughs> the middle of the game is one thing. When it happens, it's still annoying. I I, th- I get more annoyed with it, but it's it's kind of twofold. I get more annoyed with it at the end of games in a close game to where it feels like every possession is a review. But that's also the possessions you want exactly right every time. So I, I'm kind of I go back and forth on that, uh, understanding that both ways. But the I, rest I get were just brutal. The, I get the last five minutes or so when when you want all those. It's just when every single play, like how can we have every single thing reviewed? But hey, players are calling for it because they want the you know they want the advantage and they want it to be called right too. But just in the third quarter, the first quarter, we don't need to be reviewing a, an off ball Sarich Dwight Powell foul. <laughs> We don't need Without that. Him. Nobody needs that. Mavs fans, Suns fans, nobody wants it. All right, coming that up. That Dorian, the Dorian run through, I was laughing. I mean, he definitely deserved a flagrant for that. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I texted Nick. I'm like, dang, I wonder what pissed Dorian off. <laughs> I just laughed at that play. I'm like, dang. I mean, he straight up just ran through Ubre, but I guess Ubre had uh, said a few things to him or something. But yeah, who knows? Who knows? All right, coming up. Let's get into this game. Let's talk about Luca's almost really good game. Let's talk about Tim Hardaway Jr.'s great game. So many things to get into coming up. All right, Isaac. So let's start with Tim Hardaway Jr. We might as well. All right, Tim Hardaway Jr., the last five games. These are these are his stats. 20 points, 6 of 7 from the field. 16 points, 6 of 8 from the field. 31 points, 10 of 18 from the field. 8 points, 3 of 8 from the field. And 26 points, 8 of 14 from the field. That was in this game tonight. Tim Hardaway Jr., I mean, how long does he have to keep this streak up before – somebody tweeted this to me. How long do we have to, does he keep this streak up before we have to say he's a good player? Oh, man. I mean, no, we're yeah, not going. His, we're, not, we're not going to is he worth his contract. We're not going there today. But let's just start with is he a good player. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he can go there yet because I mean, he's making, uh, what, $20 million uh, right now. But – he he's having an incredible stretch right now. It's kind of weird because at the before the season started, I I thought he would be the starter, no doubt, because mainly because of his money, making twenty million dollars. I thought he'd be a main part of the rotation. I wanted Dorian. They're both starting, but it, we had this whole big board bet of Dorian, Justin Jackson, Tim Hardaway. We were debating these guys because we thought Delon Wright was going to be a for sure starter with Dwight yeah, Powell. So it's gonna be one one of these three guys, and yeah, I wanted I wanted Dorian to start. I thought Tim Hardaway would start, but and then I, like we've talked about in this pod, we're like man, I think this is gonna be like the best season of Tim Hardaway's career recently. Talking about just this could be a good season, not great, but like a better season for him. And then the season started, and I was like, dang, I was so wrong. <laughs> I thought <laughs> I thought he would come in and just it, it would be a different type of role, embrace the role. He's back healthy. And so for the past like three or four weeks, I'm like, dang, I really missed on that. But over these past five games, he's looked, yeah, it's the decision making. Obviously, he's making shots, but 
this is huge for the team. And I don't want to go there, go here too much, but this is huge for the team of, you know, obviously winning and everything that's happened on the basketball court and chemistry wise. But it's also big for the team in a different angle too. That I know a lot of fans are still are talking about this angle, and I don't want to talk about this much. But <laughs> if they do pursue a bigger trade sometime this season. That $20 million salary of the Tim Hardaway contract, a lot of people going into the season viewed that like, man, that's just crazy. That's dead weight money of like, what what version of him are you going to get? And he's playing really good basketball to where if there is something that comes up at midseason for a bigger deal in some sort, that's that's a you know not that bad of a. You know, I don't want to go that far, but I don't know how to, how do <laughs> I word it. It's not dead weight. He is a player exactly. that can contribute to a winning team. He's doing it right now, and he's proving that he can be a solid contributor. And honestly, the Mavs need him right now. Kristaps yeah. Porzingis in this game. I think we'll we'll get into it, but at least on the scoring front, two points. He was 0-8 from the field tonight. That you need someone to, to help and step up and score. If Tim Hardaway Jr. didn't exist, the Mavs wouldn't have won the game tonight. <laughs> yeah, and that's the crazy part about. It. I tweeted this after the game. I said Dallas just put up 120 points in a win, and Porzingis had two points. Yeah, that just shows you it shouldn't how happen. Much, yeah, it shouldn't happen at all. Uh, Porzingis different conversation, but yeah, Hardaway has been huge for Dallas over the past week or so. You have to have somebody to help Luca out. Hardaway has been that. You can't praise him enough. I've been trying to think of like what's a comp for him right now because at like a week or two ago, I was looking at it like he was our J.R. Smith, where he's going to get hot some games, but then he's going to be one for nine in some games. But I think he's kind of moved past the J.R. Smith comp at this point to something else. I don't know who who that, who that person is. but <laughs> J.R. Smith had some moments, though. He's had some streaks. He has, yeah, yeah. And so we can't, can't praise Hardaway enough over these past two weeks. He's playing really good basketball. Our friend Mo tweeted us and said, how weird is it that THJ is becoming more than a 25% player? Also, is it weird that I'm not saying no, 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 yes as much whenever Tim Hardaway Jr. throws up a shot? And here's the thing. That, I think, tells the story of Tim Hardaway Jr. The fact that Mo watching these games is not saying no, 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 yes when Tim Hardaway Jr. takes shots is proving that his shot selection has changed, that he is doing yeah. something better, he's doing something right, whether it's from the Mavs coaching staff, it's just him looking at his own film and realizing some of the shots that he's taken. He's still taking some you know, transition pull-ups and some contested pull-up shots. But, but some he, of those shots are actually going in. Some of the bad shots are going in right now, so that's helping him for sure. But he's limited the terrible, awful shots that we just look at and go, why? why? The, the ones that you know we, we tweet out and go, why would you ever take this? Or Isaac tweets something snarky with it. You know, it's, <laughs> Those have been eliminated, it feels like, especially over the last week. Yeah, and you know, I, I kind of blame him, but I kind of don't on some of these shots because it kind of goes back to that secondary playmaker and how I think this is still the area that Dallas does lack. Me and, and Nick and I were, were texting about this during the game as far as just how much Luka handles the ball. And watching Luka in that first quarter, I mean, literally every single possession, if it's not him shooting, it's running through him. And there's one side of him like, yes, you want this. He's one of the best 10, 5 players, however you want to rank him in the league. But... It, it, you also wonder, is it too much sometimes, too? Yeah, I was just going to say that uh, Brad Townsend tweeted out that <laughs> between points and assists, Luka accounted for 90% of the Mavericks' points in the first quarter. 
That's crazy. But it, but it's like, but that's the thing you think about it of they don't really have that secondary playmaker. So is it by design? Is this how they want it to where Luca is controlling the offense that much and that percentage is that high? Or are they running this way because it's just how the roster is built around him? That's a question I'm, I'm wondering about because sustaining this long-term I, I I worry about that for Luca and just this team of can can you have somebody that can handle and create alongside of him at some point? But that's where the Tim Hardaway bad shots come into play sometimes. Of hey, if he's off the floor and they don't have another guy in there, that's why Brunson sometimes is that guy. But if Brunson's not in there either, it kind of forces somebody like Hardaway out of their role. That's not really his role, and that's where some of the bad decision making comes in. Yes. Luca in the starting lineup, it it's built in for him to be handling the ball as much as he does. There's just not a better option, and there's yeah. not you know a JJ Brea even that is a veteran that can handle the ball that can make smart decisions. And they're not playing Brunson with them. I mean, Brunson only played nine minutes. He basically he he basically plays opposite of Luca now. That's his that's his role in the team. He plays the exact opposite of whenever Luca goes on the bench, Brunson comes in the game, and when Luca's in the game, Brunson goes to the bench. So that's apparently not an option. Uh, Delon Wright, he plays a little bit with Luca, but they don't really overlap that much either. And so when Luca's on the floor, he's the only playmaker. The big thing for Dallas and why this kind of turned into this, you know, Luca only has the ball, nobody else can kind of create for themselves or create for others. The fact that Porzingis can't get a shot on his own right now is huge. And it's it's one of the reasons why, you know, Luca's handling the ball as much as he can. He's Porzingis right now is only a finisher. He cannot create his own shot right now himself. And whether that's, you know, so many different factors, whether it's confidence in the offense, whether it's just, uh, you know, injury stuff, rust, whatever you want to call it. He's just not, he hasn't been able to do that this year. And so, and let's get into the, the Porzingis conversation. 0 of 8 from the field, only two points in this game. He did a lot of other things good. We'll talk about that in a minute. But as far as Porzingis scoring, are you starting to get worried? I don't know if words are. I think I'm more surprised because it's the shot. You know, it's not that he's looking rusty in timing. It's not that he's looking rusty or getting pushed around on, on on the boards, or he's not contesting shots in the lane like he used to, or he's not getting up and down the court very often. It's not these things because yeah, it's he's doing everything besides hitting hitting a shot really well in my opinion. It's just. It's kind of the opposite for me. I thought the one thing that he would do perfectly well is shoot, is hit a hit a shot, hit an open shot because his shot is so it looks so pretty. It's it's great. This is what we've seen the videos of, and that's what he's struggling the most with of shooting these shots. And a lot of these shots are wide open shots. They're good looks, and he's hitting. I think he's hitting his set <coughs> shots. I think that's the only real way he's scoring right now outside of lobs and tip dunks and things like that. Is he's hitting the set. You know, catch and shoot type shots. I bet he's hit, shooting really well on catch and shoot, but it's the any kind of pull up, any kind of turnaround, anything off movement, uh, unless he's going straight towards the basket, and those are a little different, is is not going well for Porzingis right now. And that's what I'm worried about. I'm not worried about him being able to finish plays. I'm worried about him being able to create himself. And now we've been, what are we now, 17 games into the season? That's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot of games into the season. And you think that that's a lot of practices. That's this is twenty percent of the season has has gone by, and Porzingis can't get his own shot. That that's yeah. that's what I I am actually worried about that right now. 
Yeah, so going into this game, this is through 16 games. Uh, he's in the 80th percentile. Very good rating on Synergy. Uh, scoring at 1.4 points per possession and unguarded catch-and-shoot shots. So yeah. And most of those are threes, which, which helps the points per possession thing. Yeah, exactly. So I think Andy Bailey tweeted this during the game. I think I, I saw him tweet this. He said, you know, the Mavericks are going to be so much better when uh, Porzingis starts hitting the shots because, man, they get they get him plenty of open looks. And they do get him open looks. It's just, I think, I think everybody right now, not to steal it from Philly, I think everyone right now with the Porzingis, Mavs, and just the whole marriage right now, I think they're just trusting the process. Yeah. And just trusting, trusting it, trusting how this thing's gonna play out. That he'll, he'll write the ship eventually. That hey, he's getting open looks. The shot looks good. It, it a lot of times I feel like at the beginning of the season he was really forcing things a lot. I feel yeah. like his decision making in the post has gotten a lot better. Some of his pass outs, some of his he took a or he went up for a shot tonight around the elbow and then he changed it mid shot and hit Dwight. You know, roll into the basket and turned into a foul. His decision making's gotten better. Literally everything outside of his shot, he's playing really good basketball right now. It's just getting the shot to go down and you just hope and. Eventually, hey, that shot's going to start falling soon. Yeah, it's well, yeah, different. It's a different for me between his set shot and his any kind of movement, getting his own shot, driving, you know, posting up, any kind of that, anything of that nature. Yeah, he's shooting on on wide open threes. He's shooting forty five point nine percent. That's good. But the, but he also has open looks in the elbow. There's there's even even if you want to don't say they're technically open. His open is different than other people's open. When he has Ricky Rubio guarding him and he's shooting two feet above of him, that's technically an open shot for him. You know from the elbow. So he's going to have a game soon where he's going to put up like 38 points yeah. and he's going to and the one. team the team is going to love it. They're yeah. going to rally around him. It's going to be a huge momentum thing for them and that's going to be the biggest talk of man, Porzingis is just his coming out party for this season. It's going to happen soon. I don't know when, but it will happen soon. Okay, so next game is at the Lakers, probably not there. That'd be nice if it did. But though. they play those they play two big guys pretty much all the time at the Pelicans. That's it. That's the game. Mm. That should be a big Porzingis game because they all their bigs are hurt right now. They had Kenrich Williams guarding Anthony Davis the other night. I mean, it's just not looking good for the Pelicans right now. I think that's where it is. Okay, coming up, let's get into Luka Doncic. He had an incredible game. We were joking at the top of the show. So let's get into him and then the rest of the Mavs and how the Mavs pulled this game out. All right, Isaac, Luka Doncic, come on. I mean, really? This guy's not real. 42 points, 9 boards, 11 assists. Really wanted that 10th one. Really yeah, wanted that 10th really board. Did. Didn't get the triple-double, but who gives a crap about triple-doubles when you play like this? 12 of 24 from the field. 15 of 18 from fr- the free-throw line. So everybody that was upset about his free-throws, let's go. He's he's changed that this year. His free-throw attempts are unreal. This is one of the, the things of upping that of getting not just the numbers but the percentage up from that too yeah like you said i mean he shot 83 percent on that i don't know what that takes him at to the year do you have that in front of you or no i can Um, probably try to pull it up 
because we've been we've been saying on the spot, I would love for him to get close to get near that eighty percent mark for the year from the free throw line. He he didn't get anywhere close to that last year, and yeah, shooting eighteen free throws tonight that's huge for him. And when I think about tonight in this game of Phoenix, I go back to that first quarter because, like you said, Brad tweeted out ninety percent of these uh, of the what was possessions that they scored or whatever eighty two point four percent shooting from free throw and yeah 90% of the of the Mavericks points in the first quarter Luca contributed to like how how sickening of a feeling do you have if, if you're, you're a phoenix if you're a fan of like the suns <laughs> or the kings or the hawks but when you're a fan of one of those teams when you play luca and luca comes into your arena and puts up 42 and a, a near triple double and a win and that first quarter, you're watching it, and it so easily could have been your team. Like this could have been your team. This and this isn't a type of player to where you look at it and you could tell yourself he's only doing that because of the system. You know, he couldn't have. <laughs> yeah, done he's that not a system quarterback. He's not like no. Lamar Jackson. <laughs> Luca could do this in every single situation. Okay, so that's he, he would have him and Booker would have been nuts but it so anyway it has to be a sickening feeling of watching that play out if you're a Suns fan but especially if your guys on the sidelines suspended for 25 games for taking a masking agent <laughs> that is very true but if you're a Suns um, fan you made it this far you knew it was coming sorry <laughs> um Luke in that first quarter man it, it was just unbelievable I the whole time I was watching that first quarter I just thought back to the other night and the Clippers game and how he left the arena and how mad he was. Yeah. He didn't talk to the media and everybody threw a fit about it. He tweets out and says, bounce back. And you know his mindset through everything was, just get me to another basketball game. Please let get me yeah. on the court again yeah. so I can play a new game. And he just comes out and with the killer mentality from the opening tip. And I felt I did feel like he got like three open layups in the first quarter. But That's what I was saying was, about Baines. He yeah he, Baines didn't know how to defend it. Didn't know what to do in the pick and roll. Rubio they start off with Rubio guarding him. I think you threw out that uh, yes on yesterday's pod that they might put Rubio on yeah. him. Um, and man he just dominated. And he, you tweeted out that at the end of the first quarter he had fourteen points. I think it was six assists and five rebounds. Yeah, and that's what I went and like I'm like I wonder how many players are averaging at least that for like an entire that's game this yeah. season. And there's just been ten players counting Luca and averaging one of those it players, for the season, averaging that for the season, like in per game. Let alone Luca just did it in a quarter. And you know that's ten players. One of those players is Luca. Another one of those players is Steph Curry, who's out now. So literally eight other players that's played more than ten games, pretty much, is averaging that for the wow. season. And it just you can't. You're just running out of things right now to describe the level of basketball he's at. The Mavs have really changed their first quarter approach. They've changed it to we're just going to hand the keys over to Luca early, and he's just going to take he's going to take over, and we're not going to try to do this. Let's get Borzingis going. Let's try to get Tim Hardaway Jr. going. Let's try to get this guy going by giving no. them these. They're they're not messing with that anymore. They're just Luca is running the show. We have to start differently, and I, that's been really big for them that that changed the Mavericks were up 35 31 to 25 at the end of the first quarter uh, here are the big moments of the game I thought um, Phoenix goes on a 14 to 2 run in the second quarter uh, they tie the game Ma- Mavericks were, had a uh, well like a 12 15 point lead at one point 
And then Phoenix yeah, goes. What a, what a miserable quarter of basketball to watch. That was That's when rough. the Bane stuff happened. It was just so much crap that happened. That was horrible. Yeah, that second quarter was awful. And that was with Luca on the floor, too. The, yeah. the subs with Luca off the floor in the second quarter, you know, they won that, that, that section of time, uh, that shift 14 to 11 against the Suns. Um, so Phoenix goes on that run. It's 53 to 50 at halftime. Uh, we come out of the third quarter. We get another Carlisle challenge, by the way. Mm. Successful challenge. So how many is that? He's that's three and one. He's successful in challenges, right? I think he's definitely. How many did we put for the season? Like eight. Yeah, we're getting there. We're getting real close. We're twenty percent through the season. We're, yeah, he's we're, we're close. We're, we're on pace. Uh, then four minutes and twenty six seconds into the third quarter, Porzingis scores his first points. You have a guy that. Does, Man, that's your second best player that scores for the first time in the, the end of the third quarter. That was huge, I thought. And then uh in the fourth quarter, Lucas subs in with eight minutes. He did his normal he did his normal rotation, normal shift, all of the first quarter. You know, half of the second quarter, he came back in with five minutes and ten seconds in the in the second quarter. So he plays the last five minutes, ten seconds. Then he played all the third quarter. And then Lucas subbed in early, eight minutes and sixteen seconds left in the fourth quarter that's when he subbed back in and you know because of all the reviews <laughs> he was given enough time to rest seriously i mean I, I joked about it but i mean literally i mean it's more rest when all these reviews happen it's not just game time that he has to set out so yeah he comes back in and <clears throat> he finished up the game this last yeah would you say eight eight and a half minutes yeah or eight, basically eight minutes yeah and i mean and luca that's what going into the fourth because I, what was the score? Do you have the score after the end of the third? After the end of the third, it was 89-89. And Luca had 35 points, 7 boards, and 11 assists. And so, yeah. So, you knew Luca was going out. And that was the big question. I was already telling myself, I'm like, oh, here we go. This is going to be the talk of everybody. <laughs> is, keep him out? <laughs> you know, if he comes back in with like six minutes left and they lose, this is people are going to riot. But, <laughs> yeah, reviews happen. He came back sooner. And, Hey, this is what happens when you get Luca more minutes in the fourth quarter. <laughs> wins, wins happen. All right. It was tied ninety-seven, ninety-seven when Luca came back in the game, and they basically the, the Mavericks <laughs> took over at that point. Uh, pretty much as soon as Luca came in, they went up one hundred and four to ninety-seven. So what is that? That's a seven-zero run that they went in those next two minutes, uh, and then they went on another little run, and basically they went on eleven-zero run when Luca came back over the next four minutes. And so that, that, I mean, that was what helped them win the game right there. That run when Luke came back in and maybe it was because he, they gave him enough time in the fourth quarter. Maybe it's because things were going well for him. Tim Hardaway Jr. Was hitting shots at that time. Then after that, basically, you know, Devin Booker got called for the tech. Uh, Seth Curry took the technical free throw, which I thought was interesting. Both Luca and Porzingis on the floor. I thought maybe they'd give it to Porzingis to give him, you know, some confidence, but then after that, the game was pretty much over. The Suns subbed in their scrubs with a minute 20 left in the game, and the Mavericks went on to victory. But that run in the fourth quarter was really the reason why the Mavericks won this game. It was because, you know, Luka was running it. Yeah, I think when I, I look at the three-point percentage tonight for the Mavs, you know, they went 17-47, 36% from three. But this is one of my favorite stats of the night. There are 10 players for the Mavericks that logged minutes tonight. Nine of them hit a three-pointer. The only player who did not hit a three-pointer tonight. <laughs> That's wild. 
Kristaps Porzingis. <laughs> was that the possible? Only, <clears throat> was the only player who didn't hit a three that played minutes tonight for the Mavs. But yeah, I just feel like everybody. Delon hit that, you know, hit that three on the wing there. Seth hit a couple. Maxi, Justin Jackson, Tim Hardaway hit six. You know, six for nine from three tonight. Wow. So it just felt like. Yeah, this felt like a team win, but it's crazy because Porzingis didn't just didn't have a good game. But this is all on you know the shoulders of Luca and just the brilliance of the level of basketball that he's playing at right now. Absolutely crazy. All right, there you go. That's what we got for this game. We will be back on Monday with our normal show. Um, yeah, I don't. When's it? When's Pro- the match? Probably Sunday night because they play the oh, Lakers. Oh, we got the Lakers like, games. At, th- at three on Sunday. So yeah, can oh, we go true. ahead and get this question out of there, Nick? So when the Lakers and Mavs. Oh my gosh! <laughs> How many times do I get this? I'm when the kidding, Lakers, just... when the Lakers, I'm going to do it in Patrick Star voice. When the Lakers play the Mavs, uh, who do you root for? Nick, who are you rooting for? Uh, come on, do you have it on. set to M for Mavericks, or do you have it set to L for Lakers? When you should be setting it to W for what are you talking about? Why do people ask me this all the time? Um, professionally, I root for the Mavericks, and personally, I root for the Lakers. So there you go. I have I have enough boxes in my uh, to compartmentalize in that I can change it. Also, the, I mean, the more that you get into this business, the less you become a fan. I think. True. I'm not like yeah. irrationally rooting for every Lakers thing. Anymore. Yeah, and I think it depends on how you uh, do the business too. I mean, you yeah the, yeah you yeah. can go down like the Bill Simmons route, or you could go down the you know. What do you want? Ryan Rossillo, I guess. Let's use that as an analogy. Because he's not really a fan of anything. Anybody. Exactly. Yes, I would say more professional route in media is more of the Ryan Rossillo route. Bill Simmons is an anomaly. I feel like people... A non-professional route. (laughs) (laughs) No, but he's like the most successful person in all of it. Yeah, it's true. uh, Yeah, it's just kind of different ways of fandom. Because I would say I I obviously lean Dallas and Mavericks in my fandom and stuff. But yet, I have fun with the media side too. But, yeah, it's just different. That's the answer. All right, guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked on Maps. He's a... Boom. Oh, close. Boom. Boom.